Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. What's up, Therapy Thoughts fam? Back on the podcast mic after a brief break of sorts. I'm here to address Mental Health Awareness Month. I got to drop some knowledge. I got to talk about what I talk about every day in celebration of this month that really takes time to educate and teach the public all about mental health. It's all about spreading awareness and fighting stigma. And hey, that's my purpose and calling here. So thanks for tuning in and supporting the cause. Let's cover a couple things related to mental health myths. Number one, mental health doesn't affect me. If you've ever thought that, or if you ever think mental health isn't related to you, it's a big myth. Because here's the reality, there is no us versus them when it comes to mental health. That would be like saying, physical health doesn't affect me. So true, you may not have cancer, or you may not have a tumor in your body, or you may not have arthritis, yet physical health affects you. The same is true with mental health. You may not have a diagnosis or have a lot of distress in your life from a mental illness, but we all, every single person has symptoms of mental illness. And I've said this before, but I got to really make this point hit home. We all have symptoms of mental illness. It's just in varying degrees and in different levels of severity. So it's not an us versus them It isn't this static issue. It's dynamic. We all experience distress. We all have emotions that ebb and flow. And it's all on this spectrum, the spectrum of mental health that we look at with different dimensions and degrees and severities. So there is no us versus them. And it does affect me. It does affect you. It affects everyone. So according to mentalhealth.gov, mental health problems are very common. So these are 2014 statistics. One in five Americans adults experience mental health issues. One in five. We got it. That's most of us. One in 10 young people, they experience a period of major depression. It's a common mental health struggle. And one in 25 Americans has lived with a serious mental illness like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or major depression. These are more chronic, progressive, with higher levels of severity and impact. But see this spectrum, this span, be it one in five of us who has experienced some type of mental health issue to one in 25 with these major impact disorders. It affects all of us. Okay, another myth, mental illness is a choice. This is the one we got to really attack, okay? It is not a choice. Here's the facts. Mental illness is a complex mix of biological and environmental factors, and we have no choice. We don't get to choose our genetic inheritance. We don't get to pick out our genotype. We don't get to pick the chromosomes or the genetic predispositions or the vulnerabilities that we have. And we don't determine if mental illness will manifest 
So even if an environment is handpicked, which it's not, or we get to have this perfect in a vacuum experience, which we don't, we don't determine how that impacts us. So it's not a choice. No one wakes up one day and says, you know, I want hopelessness and chronic low energy and I don't want an appetite and I want to have chronic suicidal thoughts. Like none of it is this light switch that we turn on. So any mental illness, be it depression or bulimia or generalized anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder, they are no more a choice than any physical illness like cancer or arthritis, like I said earlier. We have to start seeing mental illness and physical illness on this plane in the same field. (coughs) Excuse me. I do have a cold, but this message is important. It's not a choice. And we know that mental illness is complicated. So I want to talk a little bit more in depth before I share another myth. The role of genetics versus environment. This is something I actually went into on my uh, Instagram recently. So I'm going to share the role of the brain versus the role of the environment right after this message from a sponsor. All right, all right. Let's talk about the brain. So what's the brain's role in mental illness and how how do we really understand the role that genetics play? What degree are mental disorders determined by genetics? Why isn't mental illness a choice? And I think this all boils down to the genetic component. Now, let me be very clear. I'm talking about one piece of the pie here. It's an important piece, but Mental illnesses are not just chemical imbalances, okay? They are complex mixes of nature versus nurture. Nature being that genetic brain inheritance genotype stuff. And then nurture being the environment and all the complexities with that. So first of all, most mental disorders are influenced by multiple genes. And we don't even know what those are in most cases. But it's not just like, oh, you inherited the depression gene, right? It doesn't work that way. Second... The same types of symptoms of one mental disorder can be caused by different genes in different people. So let's say I have symptoms of hyperactivity, hyperarousal, a lot of anxiety. You could have those same symptoms, but they're caused by different genes. You have different chromosomes playing into your experience. Okay, so third, each human cell has 30 to 40,000 genes. And then when we talk about specific mental illnesses as they're influenced by those, it varies by disorder. And heritability rates, that's a whole nother discussion, but the idea of is what what percentage or what amount of your symptoms are influenced by, you know, your genetics compared to the rest of the population. What we understand is that something like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, they have higher rates of genetic influence than disorders like anxiety or depression, which do have moderate rates of genetic presence. So we can kind of line these up. It depends on the disorder. It depends on the severity. We know some are more genetically influenced than others, but that doesn't mean any mental illness is completely rid of um, you know, a genetic component. It, it's, it depends on the person and the amount. So if we look at different models of psychology, there's like psychodynamic, that's Freud. 
psychoanalysis, unconscious mind. We look at cognitive behavioral models. I want to talk about the biological model just for a moment. This is kind of more psychiatry and stuff like that. But the biological model of psychology says that if we want to understand the brain and its function, we look at it, the structures of the brain and how the brain structures, sizes, you know, brain trauma, how that influences mental illness. We're looking at genes. We're looking at gray matter. We're looking at neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine. These types of serot- these types of um, neurotransmitters impact mental illness. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. And we don't have a choice in this. It comes down to what we inherit. Now we do get a choice in how we respond, but that's environment and that's also tricky. So I'm about to jump into that. Stay tuned. So we know that this nature and nurture has this kind of dual relationship. They play with each other. And I just said, we do have a choice in how we respond, but I want you to consider that that's limited. Our response to our genetic inheritance is super influenced by a lot of things. Socioeconomic status, accessibility to healthcare, insurance, power, politics, oppression, discrimination, stigma. I mean, how many people alone just ignore their symptoms because of shame and stigma? So, Mental illness is not a simple biological phenomenon. It's a biopsychosocial. It's a complex mix of a lot of different life factors. And this is the dance of nature versus nurture. And we know both play in and both influence each other. That nurture influences our nature over time and nature influences nurture. So the brain, what do we do to to, to look at that part and address that part of mental illness? Medication that's going to directly alter and work with our brain structures and neurotransmitters. We can do brain scans. Um, I like the work of Dr. Daniel Amen over in California, a psychiatrist who does uh, SPECT scans of brains and is looking at blood flow and functionality and trying to really work with the organ that we're dealing with. Meditation. We know the research on meditation is really powerful for healing our brains biofeedback, talk therapy, doing experiential therapies and movement and dance and drumming and rhythmic types of things helps heal our brains. Art, hypnosis, um, education, social support, all of this can help with mental illness in this capacity. Um, So let me say this before we shift over to really the role of environment, that mental illness is not a choice. That's what we know. We know it's not a moral failing. It is not a sign of weakness. It's not a lack of willpower. So it's time for us to leave these dark ages of stigma, the ignorance of saying people choose this. We know we specifically can outline with specific disorders, specific chromosomes related to that mental illness. This is science. This is fact. Mental illness is no less valid than physical illness. So what about environment? How does that play into mental illness? Well, We know that experiences influence our mental health. And we also know that depending on the person, the same experience could have a different influence on them. That's what's so fascinating. So what we use um, 
in the psychology world is trying to understand this relationship between nature and nurture. And we know that each of us are born with a predisposition or vulnerability. That's the biological component. But environment is this tipping factor. So if I have a glass of water, okay, and it's filled with a certain amount, each of us come born with our glasses filled to a different point. That represents your vulnerability or predisposition to mental illness. So maybe you were born with it kind of about halfway full. Maybe other of us, others of us had this predisposition where we're like 85% full. The reality is, is then our environment slowly pours in drop by drop or large gulp by gulp, more liquid. And by the time that liquid hits the top or begins to overflow, that would represent the manifestation of mental illness symptoms. So environment, how does that impact us? Let's say we have, you know, we all have these specific environmental things happen to the same people. How do we know which one impacts me versus you? So your temperament is part of the equation. That's going to determine how the environment impacts you or how much of that environment has to be dropped into that water before it overflows because not everyone has the same impact, right? So your temperament is part of your temperament's part of the equation, your family structure, your experiences, your perceptions, how resilient you are. That's huge resilience and optimism that all influences how environment impacts us. So we're each uniquely impacted by experience and environmental stressors. So this is really important. And if you scroll back to the episode with me and Joe Dennis talking about trauma, let me reiterate what we talked about there. Events don't cause mental illness. So with PTSD, we know it's not the event itself. It's much more complex than that. And our perception of it and our unique genetic and environmental perception, that's part of the influence as well. It can be a trigger point, you know, the event obviously can lead to that. But if we're all in the same event, if we're all in the same car accident, one of us could walk away with PTSD, another person could walk away with acute stress disorder, or someone could have no symptoms at all. So it's not the event itself. It, it can be a trigger point or a tipping point, the environmental thing that makes your water overflow. But really, it's multiple environmental factors that influence how it's how we experience the events that's more predictive of mental illness than any event itself. Remember, your genetics are already part of the equation. And so your temperament, your environment, your family structure, your attachment style, all this stuff is playing in a very complex dance to determine what's going to manifest for you. So again, just like when we talked about the biological perspective, we got to view this with a biopsychosocial model. That's biology, biology, biological, psychological, social context. We got to look at it all, especially, especially with environment, because we have you in the middle. You're this micro, this micro um, part of the equation. It's just you, and then your biology and your temperament, your personality. And then we're, we're zooming out into these bigger cycles and influences and levels like your family, your culture, your education, uh, the political climate, the neighborhood. What about stigma of your time? What about your community and laws, specific privileges based on race or age, systems, access to healthcare, socioeconomic status, oppression, discrimination. And you know what? Even historical time of your birth is going to play a role. Today, we are hammering stigma more than any other generation before us. We're going to change the game. And that's going to impact 
our access to healthcare and mental illness. But we also have something called social media and the internet and globalization, which is a whole nother factor that may at the same time be increasing it. You know, that's just shooting from the hip. There's a lot of factors that play. But anyway, when you think about environment, there's a lot of different players involved. So again, mental illness is not a choice. We all have these symptoms. They differ in severity and degree and the environment matters. And so accessibility to mental health care is crucial. As much as I want to fight stigma, that's only as helpful as our ability to create better access to education and care. And so that kind of plays into the ways we fight about stigma, which I've talked about before on my podcast. But education is our number one tool to fight mental health stigma. It's going to take individual education and structural education, this cultural overhaul, because without education, we remain ignorant and we, we remain removed. And that is a surefire way to guarantee stigma. And so until there's an international standard, until we have educational efforts that are combating stigma, and I'm not just talking about brochures and flyers. I mean, in our education system, what if we followed along with New York and Virginia? They're the first two states to adopt mental health education into the school system. And New York law has said it's an integral part of their overall health, and it should be an integral part of the health education system. And I agree with that. You know, it's shocking to me when I was teaching at the college level in my abnormal psychology classes or my lifespan development classes, and students were just shocked that this was the first time they heard any of this information and they're outraged that this wasn't part of their standard education process growing up. We got to do better. The education is the key. Otherwise we remain in fear and ignorance and we make a lot of negative stereotypes and we blame people for something that's not their fault. Like think about what we all know about heart disease or cancer. What if we were to make information related to big physical problems the same type of access to mental health problems. So what if we all knew about risk factors and treatments for depression or anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder or PTSD or eating disorders? What if we understood that one in four people would go on to develop an eating disorder who diet? Like that would be great general information, right? So education is the key to fighting stigma and breaking through kind of this accessibility issue. We also want to promote personal contact Uh, We want to treat folks dealing with mental illness with the same compassion as someone with physical illness. Like, let's take them a casserole. Let's write them a card. Let's not call them crazy or isolate them. You know, what if we what if we understood better and dispelled the myths and the stereotypes? Remember, one in five Americans has mental illness. So we got to stop this like social avoidance and the stigmatizing labels. Another way to fight stigma is we change our language. Um... Whenever you call someone bipolar, you call the weather bipolar, you call someone psycho or unstable or use language like they need therapy, like it's an insult, you're playing into stigma. It's not helping our cause. So remember, if someone says they need therapy, it's not an insult, but it is an indicator of their internalized stigma because therapy is hella cool. (laughs) Remember that. So watch out for saying things like therapy is weak, emotions are weak, or medication is bad, or something's wrong with you. Um, Watch out for language that says you're so anorexic or something like that where you try to label someone with a disorder that is just not, it's just not true. It's not an adjective. 
mental illnesses are not adjectives. We want to talk openly, and I think this is a really powerful intervention. With everything else I've talked about, I believe in the education. (coughs) I believe in changing our language, but if we want to change on the individual level, it's got to be us talking. We got to open up. A real cultural revolution would happen if we challenged this freaking cultural norm that it's weak to struggle. It's like we're not living in the wild, wild west anymore. We need to drop this unrealistic robotic expectation of like no one has emotions. Emotion is weak. Robots don't have emotions. Humans do. It's time for us to embrace that and talk openly about the struggle that we all have emotional pain. It impacts everyone. It's time to talk about that. We're in therapy. It's okay to get help. It's okay to take medication. It's okay to fight against the stigma. So talking openly, I think, is a really powerful way for us to fight this on an individual level. And that's what's going to foster hope and spread. And then the last uh, tip I have for fighting stigma is voting for mental health. I mean, accessibility and discrimination on a systemic level is something we're all up against. So it's important to vote with mental health in mind. You know, stigma related to mental health makes it harder for folks with mental health issues and people in the addiction recovery community to make their voices heard. So go check out, um, this is not sponsored. These are just resources, I believe, in mentalhealthamerica.net. They have a toolkit that will educate you on voting for mental health. You can download it over on their website. And um, I think that's a big step. So Mental Health Awareness Month, I'd love to hear what you're doing Uh, What way are you going to fight stigma? Are you getting education or promoting personal contact or changing your language or talking openly or you voting for mental health? Um, What myths are you busting up? Are you understanding more about, you know, the role of genetics versus environment? All these are part of understanding mental illness, becoming more aware, fighting for treatment. So come connect with me on Instagram. I'm Hey Tiffany Rowe. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. Uh, check out my courses on tiffanyrow.com. If you want better treatment and accessibility, that's what I've done. I've created courses related to self-love and self-care and managing your emotions and body image and communication and perfectionism and a lot more um, because I do therapy on the couch in my office, but I'm spreading the news here on my podcast. I'm spreading support on my courses because I think that's where we're going to change the game. Accessibility. Okay, thanks for tuning in, my friends, on this uh, impromptu Therapy Thoughts episode for Mental Health Awareness Month. Share it, share the love, and let's fight the stigma together. May you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.